Hello and welcome to the Cup of Coffee Chats podcast with your host, Anka. In this show, we will bring you conversations with people from different backgrounds who discuss their passions and interaction with the community. We will explore how in life, business and work, passion drives everything. If you would like to be interviewed or know someone that has a remarkable story to share, all you have to do is email anka at cupofcoffeechats.com. This week's guest is Irina Gheorghe. She's a Romanian user experience designer based in Denmark and also my childhood friend. She found her passion for user experience after a long search. Today's cup of coffee chat brings us her journey. Welcome Irina to episode three of Cup of Coffee Chats with Anka. Hello. <laughs> a pleasure to have you here and reconnect with you after such a long time and reminiscing about sweet childhood memories. Yeah, well, I'm so happy you reached out to me, Anka. And yeah, it, it's been a really long time. We did, didn't really talk in forever. Um, but I remember when we were playing hide and seek together back home. And I'm pretty sure we were running around with some homemade Sailor Moon outfits <laughs> and with ones that were sticks wrapped in aluminum foil. Do you remember? <laughs> yes, I, I do remember very well. And I'm actually so happy that you mentioned that. As a matter of fact, it's like it happened yesterday for me. Yep. Those memories are still so fresh in my mind. And I have to confess from time to time, <laughs> I do think about those childhood memories where we had, well, no worries, basically. And by the way, do you still remember how serious, actually, how committed okay. <laughs> we were in our roles as Sailor Moon characters? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just making sure everything is played by the book and... I have to say, it looks like we had the planning and organization up and running high from uh, from a young age. <laughs> oh, now that you mention it, it's all it all makes sense now. So I distinctly remember a very serious young lady that was walking around my apartment with my mom's purse and pretending to be a lawyer. And you put all my guilty stuffed animals on trial. I remember this. <laughs> Uh, well, first of all, thank you, Irina, for uh, for uh, telling that to everybody. No problem, no <laughs> problem. to us. <laughs> and yes, have not to remember so vividly, actually. Yeah. I was very professional from a young age again, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and um, let's, let's not reveal everything to our listeners, okay? Oh, okay. Uh... <laughs> well, of course, some things are better left unsaid. Uh, yes, indeed. And for that reason, we'd better move on. Okay. <laughs> and to get started, Irina, please tell us what is UX uh, design? Okay. So user experience design or UX is all about solving problems and creating simple, positive and pleasant experiences. In my case, with digital products. So UX as a discipline incorporates aspects for from a multitude of fields, from psychology, sociology, graphic design, cognitive science, um, computer science, even content-related disciplines like communication or game design. And I think it's a, a very interestingly complex field to be in. Mm, indeed, I agree. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So when you get on a website or you open an app, you have a reason for doing for doing it. You have a goal that you're trying to achieve. And it's my job to make sure that that goal is achieved in the most logical, simple, and pleasant way. If I did the job right, then you won't even notice. 
But if you can't find what you're looking for, if it gets too complicated or you start getting frustrated, then I know I didn't do a very good job. Hmm. Indeed. I'm not a designer, but I'm working with design thinking and yes, creativity, empathy and communication, just to name a few, are also at its heart. Yeah. And it sounds like you actually need a lot of passion for UX. So how did you actually find yours? Oh boy, how much time do you have? Um, well, I guess I'm, I'm too curious for my own good. And I've always been a generalist at heart. I'm always wanting to learn more uh, as much as I could about a lot of unrelated things. But I grew up in a culture of specialists where one day you're asking permission to go to the bathroom and then the next day you're graduating from high school and you're suddenly expected to have your full life planned out from what university you're going to go to and what career you're going to have and what you're going to end up doing for the rest of your life, basically. And yeah. yeah. And like most of us, I, I, I had no idea what I wanted to do, but I had this feeling that I'm, I'm supposed to do something and I, I, I'm good at something. So I spent a lot of time searching for it. And fast forward to a few years ago, I moved to Denmark. I was looking for a job and then a friend suggested a UX internship at a company where he was working. And I had to turn that down because I, I've never even heard of UX before that day. And well, me being curious, like I am, I started looking into it and I found a university program that allowed me to specialize in UX. And picture me at 31 going back to school to study. And that moment was like all the pieces just fell into their place. And I found out that I have this natural intuition when it comes to the logic and the planning that goes behind creating digital solutions. And I've gotten an incredible, an incredible confidence boost from the education and all the projects that I've worked on and all the people that I've met. And this finally helped me understand that that thing that I've been looking for all this time it, it, I, I found it. It was the passion for UX. And suddenly all these things that interested me and I've spent so much time learning, um, like photography, film, writing, even video games, Photoshop, and even this obsessive need that I have to optimize things. Well, suddenly they're all super relevant. They're connected. And yeah, I can use them. Very interesting. And I have to say, I can totally relate to your story about being a generalist at heart. Mm -hmm. And I do believe that uh, by keeping a broad range of interests, by experimenting and changing course every now and then are essential to actually finding your true passions. And of course, the success that comes with loving what you do. For and sure. same as you. <laughs> I'm a natural curious person. And uh, just to make a quick joke, and like the joke, I'm afraid we'll never know what happened to the poor cat. <laughs> uh, the curious one? Well, <laughs> I think I had a, a certainly a happier ending than that guy. <laughs> yep. Irina, it sounds like your passion really filled your life. So you are affected in a positive way. Mm -hmm. What about the rest of us? Do you think UX principles are affecting our lives? Oh, for sure. So if you think about it, all the experiences and the products that we interact with on a daily basis are designed. Um, if you think uh, tech or cars or houses, uh, clothes, um, even pets, actually, 
they're all products of purposeful creativity and bottom line passion. And the UX process of creating something is a circular step-by-step that starts with understanding the problem that you're trying to solve. You then come up with possible solutions for this problem. Then you give a concrete form to those solutions in the form of a prototype and you test them with real people to see what works and what doesn't. And just Mm -hmm. rinse and repeat a few times until the problem is solved and you've learned something from it. And if you take this big picture approach and scale it down to our everyday lives, you can, of course, see some similarities um, in the way we make decisions, in the way we interact with each other, the way we behave and so much more. Um, I honestly think that we're becoming designed by what we've been designing so far. (laughs) I, I have to say, I love the way that you described it. And indeed, as we are trying to design our own life, it's... It's actually very important to understand ourselves. We have to understand our own behavior, motivation, uh, pain points. And what we have to do is to ask ourselves a few questions, such as uh, what motivates me? What makes me excited to wake up in the morning or even leave my bed? What makes you love your job or, well, sometimes hate your job? Yes. What is the idea of, <laughs> what is the ideal life for you? And, of course, the questions can just go on and on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. That, that's a good approach. And I think the core of UX is finding out why. Why does this person uh, mm-hmm. that's using my design need it? And why are they interacting with it the, the way that they are? And if we can, as designers, tap into that reasoning uh, and those needs, then we know that we're designing exactly what the people need. And I think that's what is I consider a design success. Exactly. I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> oh, actually, since we're speaking of why, um, Anka, I know you like to share some great reads with your listeners. So I would definitely recommend uh, Simon Sinek's books, um, specifically Find Your Why. It's, uh, it's an incredible book that started an inspirational movement, actually, to help people do the things that inspired them. And it's it's really helpful for finding your purpose and passion. Well, Irina, funny you're mentioning it. (laughs) I'm actually looking at my bookshelf. (laughs) And it's right there next to another great book by Simon Sinek. And that is Start With Why. (laughs) Okay, okay. Well, there you go. Now your listeners have two great books that they need to, you know, get their hands on and read. Exactly. Now everybody can start finding their why and their passions. Yes. (laughs) But... Following your passions and dreams come with challenges. What would you say is the biggest challenge as a UX designer? You're you're asking (laughs) all the tough questions today. (laughs) Let's see, biggest challenge. Um, I would have to say is finding your empathy because as a good designer, you need to be able to fully understand another person's emotions, needs, motivation, and reasoning. You Mm. need to be able to create a connection with the people that you're designing for and that sometimes can be incredibly challenging um, especially when there are people who come from a different culture and they're very different from who you are and um, let's face it it's not always easy being able to see another person's point of view and yeah and that's why i think research is very important we gain a lot of information that helps us Uh, put together this big complex picture that our customers are 
And of course, we start with data and then we end up forming a connection and getting the people, getting to know the people that we're designing for. Um, of course, we have a lot of tools to work with to keep this connection alive. We can create fictional people that are called personas to remind us uh, who we're creating for throughout the whole process. And um, if I can sneak another one in, I, I, I think mm -hmm. that a lot of young designers, especially the ones that are just starting out in their careers, um, have issues with self-doubt or, you know, the imposter syndrome. Yeah. Um, I think it's normal to have moments where we doubt ourselves and think, well, I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, but I think it's also really important to be aware that, that that annoying, nagging voice that you keep hearing doesn't represent the voice of reason. Um, it's healthy to know your limitations and the borders of your comfort zone just so you can push past them and, you know, become a better version of yourself. But remember, don't let fear and doubt stop you from achieving your goals. Wonderful, Rina. This is exactly my own experience. I, I want to share to, to our listeners a bit from my own experience. And um, just to keep it uh, on the current moment, uh, I want to share from my own experience with creating a podcast. Mm -hmm. uh, I did have those moments where I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> Yeah. And yes, I did start self-doubting myself. There were moments when my inner critic told me to give up, that I'm not good enough. But there is a but. <laughs> By acknowledging those negative thoughts, those emotions will only make you stronger. And Anna, I just take a moment, remove yourself from negative emotions, um, from uh, negative self-talk, just breathe, go out, have a walk in nature and make sure... You just take the right actions instead and don't give up. Yeah. And I have to add, you know, that self-doubt is a normal emotion and to feel. And we should never be ashamed of not feeling our best sometimes. And we should never let self-doubt just take us away from what we actually want to achieve. And it's time to embrace those fears and create work that matters, work that you love and work that will make a difference. Yeah, exactly. And when when you're in doubt, just, just keep going. When I know from my experience that when I start something new, something unknown, I always feel this insane cocktail of contrasting emotions from total total fear to excitement. But I found that I make my own life a lot easier if I force myself to just take things one step at a time. And to, to navigate this anxiety and the self-doubt, I have a little visualization exercise that I like to do to remind myself to trust my instincts and uh, my past experiences. And um, I'm, I'm imagining that I'm driving down a very dark road at night and I can only see as far as my headlights reach. But I know that no matter what, I, what happens, if I keep on driving, I will eventually reach my destination. And I think navigating self-doubt is just like that. You need to take one step at a time and then keep going until you eventually mm -hmm. surpass those doubts and reach your goal. And, you know, I end up being pleasantly surprised with myself every time with the results of my work. <laughs> exactly, Rina. And um, that's a powerful visualization exercise, by the way. And um, yeah, uh, you're welcome. And it's, it's a matter of putting yourself in the driver's seat of your life, isn't it? And just owning it. Yeah. 
And I do believe that eventually our, all our fears will become our successes. And I'm sure that all will be worth it in the end. Oh, it's just yeah. a matter of, you no know, take action. You feel the fear, do it anyway. And don't, don't let the struggles, the fear that you're, that you're facing in that particular moment when you're starting, for example, as we already talked, uh, starting a new project or a new role, just keep going. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I agree. <laughs> uh, well, let's change the tone. Okay. <laughs> What's the funniest project that you've worked on? A funny project. Oh, <laughs> funny person. Okay, let's see. So it would probably have to be one of our student projects. Um, I remember we were studying ethical design and we had a client that was an alcoholic beverage producer and their target audience was teenagers. And our task was to choose between doing an ethical design where we encourage the teenagers to drink less or going the unethical, of course, with air quotes, uh, route where we encourage the teenagers to drink more. And I remember that my team and I were really torn between the two options. I mean, of course, we gravitated towards the ethical design, but we were a little intrigued by the prospect of using our design superpowers for evil. Um, just that one time, of course, obviously. So, um, of course, we couldn't decide. And then we decided to do what any smart designer would do. And that would is, of course, empowering the user <laughs> by giving the choice to them. <laughs> So uh, we decided that once the user opens the app, they could pick between having a chill night in with a few friends or go out and party hard. And yeah, problem solved. <laughs> well, it sounds like a clever way of exploiting a loophole yep. <laughs> and having some fun at the same time. Mm -hmm. I'm, uh, I'm actually curious if your university appreciated your unique approach. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. We laughed about it with our supervisor. Um, they're fairly relaxed in the education system in Denmark. Uh, and there were student projects, so it, it was a nice experience. And we had a lot of fun doing it. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. And uh, mentioning Denmark. Yeah. So you've been in Denmark for five years now. Mm -hmm. And as I never had a chance to visit the country... And I have to say, it's definitely on my bucket list. How's the mm -hmm. Danish life treating you? Oh, I, I just love it here. I, I feel like I found myself and I guess in a way I actually did. It's, it's a very beautiful but flat country. I think its highest peak is about a staggering 170 meters above sea level. Um, but I've had only positive experiences and I've met some really incredible people. And um, one thing I absolutely love about Denmark is the coziness culture or hygge. Um, mm -hmm. So imagine this rainy evening where you're all snuggled up with a blanket and a cup of hot cocoa and you're talking with your friends in candlelight. And it's such a relaxing and, and a great bonding experience. Um, I would say the people are super friendly and really helpful once you get to know them and there there are so many things to to see and do and actually denmark is a great scene for your user experience uh there's a lot of great names like jacob nielsen for example who changed the face of usability um interesting yeah but I, i'm definitely expecting you to come over for for a visit anka oh after listening to that i'm even more eager to to visit denmark especially Perfect. 
just uh, you know to explore more the cousinous culture of uh, Hugue, if I'm mm-hmm. pronouncing correctly. <laughs> oh, don't worry, I'm saying it wrong as well. <laughs> but um, until then, I think we can still uh, keep on having coffee cups chats. <laughs> Our virtual coffee cups. <laughs> well, I have Indeed. to say, coffee is great here in my apartment, but the service kind of sucks. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. <laughs> I'm working on it. I'm working on it. But I hope the coffee is good. Yeah, yeah. as you, yeah, as you mentioned. Sure. I'm glad. <laughs> well, I do have a funny question. Oh boy, another one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hit me. That's one. Uh, I think it's it's going to be interesting. Okay. So. What do you think of garden gnomes? <laughs> what? Okay, garden gnomes. Um, okay, so, okay, if I've learned anything from video games, especially The Sims, right? It's very, very important to give offerings of fruitcake and coffee to your gnomes. Otherwise, you <laughs> might just get, get struck by lightning. And yeah, that's Ooh. it. I'm done. Oh, okay. That's uh, that's very interesting. Well, I'll say it's enough, and uh, <laughs> yeah, and I'll make sure that I'm not going to be struck by lightning. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Irina, thank you for the laughs, and um, thank you for not uh, revealing everything to our <laughs> listeners about our childhood memories. <laughs> I mean. I almost revealed all the juicy stuff, but then again, you know, what are friends for? (laughs) As we are closing this week's episode, I want to raise a cup of coffee and express my deep gratitude and appreciation to that person that positively influenced my life and challenged me to step out of my comfort zone and overcome the fear of being hurt. With that in mind, the Cup of Coffee Chats podcast would have not existed if there wasn't for that one person that believed in me more than I believed in myself. This podcast is dedicated to that one person. Now it's your turn to make your voice heard and appreciate that person, those people that positively influenced your life by raising a cup of coffee for them. If you'd like to have your voice heard at our show, all you have to do is email anka at cupofcoffeechats.com. Let's share our successes together over a cup of coffee. That's the end of our weekly episode of Cup of Coffee Chats podcast with your host, Anka. Don't forget to join us next week for another episode. Thank you for listening. Wait, don't go yet. I have a nice song for you all. I hope you all enjoy it.
Everybody, stay safe and be happy.